welcome to the Hockey Podcast. This is a fan-run podcast about the Chicago Blackhawks. My name is Tyler, and unfortunately we're not joined by Wally today, but we still have Nick. What's up? About to go to two games this weekend. It was pretty nice. <laughs> and John. Where did, where did the real Ice Hogs go? Because I want them back right now, please, and thank you. Yeah, um, this is going to be a bit of a different episode because we're talking about teams' misfortunes and fortunes in places we didn't expect them. If you weren't aware, the Blackhawks won three games, lost none, and lost none in overtime. And the Rockford Icehogs this week won zero games, lost all three, and had no games that went to overtime that ended in losses. So we were talking about how great the Icehogs were all, all season and how bad the Blackhawks were all season. This week was a complete switcheroo of those narratives and anything to do with that. We're going to start by talking about the Blackhawks games. Before we do, Nick, what jersey have you got in right now? My Brent Seabrook Heritage third jersey from basically his final year in the NHL. Yeah, um, that was, well, 2019-20 was his last uh, season that he ever played games in. Yeah, and he this actually would have been one of the last jerseys he played in because he got injured early in 2019. Yeah. Um, nice. Potentially, possibly, even future Hall of Famer Brent Seabrook, but we'll have to see, yes. we'll have to see on that in just about a couple more months. Um, first thing, however, is we got a Blackhawks game against the Buffalo Sabres, and this game was on Tuesday night, and it started off kind of weird for the Hawks. Like, they were getting outplayed all night, pretty much. And yeah, that kind of felt like the case for all three games. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were moments in these games where, you know, there were good things happening, but it felt like, you know, every once in a while, you know, you wouldn't get the final pass to work or someone would make a poor decision that wouldn't it would cause it to just not go as well as you'd hope. Yeah. Uh, since I was at the game, uh, yeah, I noticed a lot of it. And, and Buffalo wearing those ugly reverse retro uniforms, wearing all white, it was a disgrace watching that because that's a terrible uniform. I like how we have zero losses this week and Nick still found a way to throw the word disgrace into the conversation. Yup. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's his favorite um, word. Yeah. That game, however, uh, you know, it took a while for the Blackhawks to really figure anything out. But there was one guy who there, there was really. one guy who was playing well the entire night, and it was Philip Kurashev. Two guys. Kurashev mainly. Kurashev was absolutely everywhere the entire night. Oh yeah, uh, that was the one thing I noticed when I did get to go to the morning skate that morning, and I noticed uh, Kurashev was buzzing out on the ice during morning skate, and when it went to game action, it continued on game through, and he was frankly snuffed for the first star, but I understand why uh, Steph Jones ended up with the first star that night. Yeah. It didn't start out the best for Seth, though. Throughout the first, like, begin... For for the first part of this game, really wasn't the best. Um, That goal, though, for Kershev, I have to give a lot of credit to... um... Oh, wait, no. Sorry. My bad. 
This goal was at, the goal was actually scored by Connor Murphy. Uh, Mister my notes, totally forgot about that. Goal was scored by Connor Murphy. It was a great cross crease pass. Uh, same kind of cross crease pass to an open slot shot. We would see a little bit later in the uh, St. Louis game. Um, worth mentioning, I remember complaining earlier this year about how the fact the Blackhawks got like zero slot shots ever, and now we're seeing a lot more yep. of them. And surprise, surprise, they're scoring goals, which like. Wait, and you, you get slot shots and you score goals? They're also getting more opportunities from the blue liners by the defense actually getting activated in the offensive zone, moving the puck well and getting some goals put up by defensemen. Yeah, now. getting goals by defensemen, that's exactly what we have here. Um, there's a great play by Taze to find Kershaw behind him because two defense, oh, yeah. two Sabres chased after Taze, which... Very poor defensive decision-making by them, but Kershaw was able to find the pass over to Murphy. Great wrist shot by Murphy, and, you know, hard-nosed defensive defenseman, but he scores a goal right there. And it always is nice to see Murphy score a goal because it doesn't happen often, but he probably has one. He pro- he celebrates like he rarely – he celebrates like it's his first-ever goal every time. Yeah, and with that goal for Murphy it being his fourth, of the season, it ended up giving him the defenseman goal-leading tally for just a little bit in that night. <laughs> yeah. The game does not stay great, though, when it comes to the Blackhawks. Um, this, honestly, I remember watching this next play when uh, Buffalo tied it up and thinking, that's the worst shift I've seen from Jake McCabe this entire season. Jake McCabe narratives have died on that one shift. He's been great the majority of the season. He's been he was great the majority of the week, but there is this one this one shift right here. He allows a bad zone entry. Um, he gets completely messed up when it comes to his stick checking, allowing Tyson Jost to completely cross the face of the goalie. Um, wasn't great position in front of the net by Seth either, and then it was a tap-in goal for Victor Olsson at the far post. And, hey, we got a tie, we got a tie game. Yeah. But, you know, I would say that in totality that those two played well, Seth and McCabe, but this play right here wasn't great from either of them, but especially McCabe. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Um, at this point, I noticed one thing that I thought was interesting. Um... It took a while before Tyler Johnson or Max Domi was doing anything productive. I don't know if you noticed this, but for the first two periods, I thought those two just could not get anything going at all right. Yeah, there was points where Domi had some opportunities that he would either turn and pass when he should have shot. And I noticed uh, a few times in the game where Johnson also just seemed like he was invisible out there. But later on, he did get very activated in later yeah, parts no, of the game. Yeah, that was good. Feels like Domi's been doing that a lot this season. Not taking shots when he should be taking shots. Yeah. Which, of oh, course, yeah. is funny considering the fact that he is our leading scorer. Yeah. Which right. I, I, find, I find that hard to believe, like... You have Jonathan Taze and Patrick Gein, your leading scorer is Max Domi. What? <laughs> yeah, it's It's a it's bizarre thing, but hey, trade value. Yeah, um, first round pick. 
Of course, what I think was uh, funniest here, personally, my favorite moment of the game was watching the entire first period and thinking, Tage Thompson has done absolutely nothing effective the entire night. And then with like, just a couple seconds to go in this first period, man just decides, all right, I'm taking over this game. Yep, 6.9 seconds exactly on the clock. I thought that this play, this this whole uh, defensive breakdown at the very end of the period was really caused by a lack of uh, recognition from Sam Lafferty because Tage Thompson was kind of yep. just standing in the middle of the ice for the entire play as Jeff Skinner kind of figured out where to go with it. And then he just cuts the back of the net. And obviously, you know, you're going to look and see, oh, Seth Jones is right there and he could have stopped Tage Thompson. Well, Tage Thompson basically just pulls one of the best angles I've seen in the last, like, two months out. There really was no chance for Morazic or Seth Jones to do anything. That play could have been stopped if Sam Lafferty would have recognized it earlier. Yeah. Um, well, we move into the second period. Hawks are down 2-1. And after all that winning that we had done last week or so, Kind of felt like wasn't going to stay here because this game, they were just not playing very well. I believe at one point the shot totals were 17-4 to or something in favor of the Sabres. The Sabres were definitely outplaying the Blackhawks in this game. It was not even close for a while. Yeah, it wasn't. And being in the United Center, it you could honestly hear a pin drop in the UC if how it was during uh, that second period of mm-hmm. play. Yeah, no, it wasn't all that good. Um, they just weren't playing very well, and then, you know, the Hawks get a power play, but it gets even worse because it was one of the worst power plays I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the moment when you start to say, okay, Max Domi is just having one of those nights where just nothing's going his way. Puck bobbles off him off a pass reception on the power play. Um basically goes shorthanded the other direction. And mm-hmm. Peyton Krebs gets a full-on breakaway, scores. And in the weirdest turn of events, Seth Jones is a minus three, and I honestly don't know if I think that he's at fault for any of the goals. <laughs> no, he wasn't. It, this one honestly was on Max yeah. Domi. Uh, Kane tried to pass him the puck onto the blue line, and Kane, uh, Domi just could not handle a clean pass and it led to Peyton Krebs taking mm-hmm. advantage of it. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, uh, it takes a while for uh, things to figure out. It still was a struggle all night for Max Domi the entire game, but, you know, yeah. eventually we get the guy who'd been playing great all night he had the assist earlier. He finally gets his own reward. A tip-in goal for Philip Kurashev. And, hey, Blackhawks are back in this game now. Chevy sparked the team. Kurashev got the team back and going. And it was the Kurashev show that game. And the way he was able to spark it with the goal, you could feel the energy just start coming back to the Blackhawks. And yeah. this period of play. That goal scored by Kurashev, you know, that was towards the very beginning of the third period. It took a while, though, for the Blackhawks to really create any sort of additional chances to try and get that final goal to tie it up. And eventually they do. 
Seth Jones scores a goal from the point just under a minute to go. And miraculously, despite being nowhere close to the best team in the game, playing very poorly, somehow, through the will of effectively one single person by the name of Philip Kurashev, the Blackhawks are heading to overtime. I thought that was a pretty nice shot. It was a laser by Steph Jones, but to also note, the goal was put under review. Yeah, there was a goalie interference review, and... I don't think, I don't think I, there was I, anything there. I didn't think I, I I saw it right away and I'm like I'm like, I'm like there's absolutely no chance this gets called in a goalie over. It's like there's absolutely zero chance. It was just random incidental contact in front outside of the crease. It's inside, it's incidental contact outside of the crease. I, I didn't it. really see anything that could have been called goalie interference. It seemed like a very basic, very legal I thing to do. Like just a random screen with some small Dead. contact. Exactly. And it was the refs who went to the review room. It wasn't even a coach's challenge. Usually something like that would have been a coach's challenge. I was kind of surprised when, uh, after the Hawks got the goal counted, it didn't go to a power play. Then I realized it was the refs who went to the review. So this happened early in the game before the Seth Jones play. I just want—I just thought it was funny. Mrazek went out to play the puck, and he, then Seth Jones had to play goalie. I thought that was kind of funny. Well, if you want to talk about uh, Jones is playing goalie, if you want to talk about if you want to talk about Jones yes, is playing goalie, we'll get game. to that in a bit. But um, we head into overtime, and um, what else is there to say? <laughs> there were a couple missed opportunities, Domi's. but a two-one-one break. Yeah, Domi turned it around. Domi, t- yep. Domi really did turn it around. Like it took a while for him. Because I don't think his breakaway begin- chance was very good, though. That was kind of poor, to be honest with you. If you look at it, the puck was bouncing on him, and I can't blame Domi for not being able to bury it. But didn't at the last second, it, didn't at the last second it flat out? At the la- at the, it, 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 that was what I noticed. I noticed that at the last second, it like it kind it evened itself out. It stopped bouncing, and then he took the shot, and it kind of went high. I'm like, ah, come on. Um, I do like McCabe's uh, interception in in the D zone. I thought that was a good play. Yeah, it was a good play there. Um, but then you know, um, the guy who I had been basically saying the entire night was just completely terrible, uh, Tyler Johnson, somehow ends the game with two assists and one to win. <laughs> one one to win it. Hey, One TJ to was... win it. Tyler Johnson to Seth Jones, and the smile on Seth Jones's face belongs in a museum. For goodness sakes, Seth Jones is something productive offensively. Seth Jones hockey catch the fever. All stars, Seth Jones. <laughs> but with that, Seth Jones gets a first star in the game. I'm not gonna agree with that. Uh, my my player of the game was Philip Kurashev. I think that Seth, I think Seth Jones but had a good Tyler end of the game. Scored the game winner. I think Seth Jones had a good end of the game, scoring those two goals. But the the guy who the guy who really created everything that led up to that moment, the only guy who was productive during the moments when the Blackhawks were bad, and the guy who dragged the team back in with his good moments was Philip Kurashev. He had three points in regulation. And he was basically the only reason that this team was even effective at all. 
Um, but along with that, we move on to the next game. That concluded, that game against the Sabres actually concluded a seven-game homestand. And to be fair to the Blackhawks, be fair to them, in that time they went four and three, which they deserve credit for that. They played well. You know, they lost to the Sharks, Tampa, mm-hmm. and Seattle. But then they beat Colorado, Calgary, Buffalo, and Arizona. I mean, some of those teams are better than others, but, I mean, Buffalo is resurgent. Colorado won the Cup last year, even if they're playing worse this year. And Calgary is near the playoffs, if not in a playoff spot. Yeah. Those are good games. I mean, those are, those, are, those are pretty good games. And, you know, going four and three in a seven-game homestand, not bad. We head off to a two-game road trip. First game in Philly, next game in St. Louis. And this first game against Philly kind of felt like they were getting shelled. Yeah, it was a Peter Mrazek game. That was his best game in a Blackhawk jersey. If it wasn't for Mrazek, the Hawks probably would have been getting shelved 7-1. to That's how bad the team looked. They got uh, four goals in, but the team legit did not look good. The Hawks were doing really well in recent games, scoring first. But, you know, this was one of the games where that actually didn't seem to be the case. First team to get on the board for this game actually was Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, the goal was uh, breaking uh, Steph Jones' ankles, basically, when uh, Morgan Frost came into the Hawks' defensive zone, deking uh, Jones into a basically tangle himself up and go barred down on Peter Morazic. Yeah. I don't really blame Seth Jones though because he was the only guy back. No, for a th- it wasn't. He was the only guy back on a three-on-one. Um, it was a poor turnover by Taylor Radish. Yeah, I can't really say that I yep. fault Seth Jones in that situation, but it is kind of funny. Like, oh, you got dangled out of your jockstrap. Yeah, it it wasn't on Jones. It was the Hawks not coming back to help defend. And that's what caused it. Jones just got deeped out of his skates. Yeah. Uh, that's how the first period ends. The Hawks are down one nothing, And now we're on a two-game uh, uh, road trip after the long homestand. Starts to think, well, maybe the winning's going to come to an end now and we're going to go back to being the Blackhawks. Uh, no, actually, not quite. Um, next goal that was scored was by the Hawks. Um, halfway through the second period. And Mm -hmm. this one was a shot at the point by Seth. And it was a good high deflection in front by Jonathan Taze. Yeah, it was a nice setup goal for uh, Jones to, uh, with the another laser of a shot that gets redirected into the net, leading to the Hawks' momentum, starting to be shown Granted, they don't fully gain true momentum after the score. Nah, it, w- it wasn't yet. Um, they were still kind of dealing with. Um, it was still a struggle for them. Yeah. They, they weren't playing great. It's kind of more. It's kind of a marvel that they ended up with the scoreline they did because I wouldn't necessarily say they played particularly well at all, and they were kind no. of getting kind of got dominated the majority of the game. Um, but eventually. And I know he doesn't get an assist on this play because they only got credit for two assists, but this goal was started by aggressive forechecking by Mackenzie Antwistle. Yes. Antwistle starts this play, aggressive forechecking. 
um, which puts the Flyers in a bad situation. Colin Blackwell creates a turnover at the offensive blue line, keeps the puck in the zone, which is crucial for this play, because if that wasn't the case, Entwistle would have been off sides if that ended up getting out of the zone. You wouldn't have been able to even start this chance. Blackwell gets mm-hmm. it, finds a pass over to Reese Johnson, and remember what I was saying earlier about cross creases? Reese Johnson, easy slot shot, and he scores. And again, yeah. more slot shots. Nothing, nothing better than slot shots. We would have had Reese Johnson on the score line on their bingo card that night. No, I don't think anyone would have had Reese Johnson being the goal scorer, but he is playing pretty well as of late. Um, a better shot. Yeah, yes. Better shot than I honestly thought that he had. Yeah, it was a, not a bad looking shot. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact I would still give all credit with where the credits do Blackwell stealing the puck and getting it over to Reese because it, without that, the goal would not be in any position of happening because Blackwell kept the play alive for the Hawks in the offense's zone and it leads to the Hawks taking advantage of it. And that's how I give credit for a good goal right there. You know what? I just realized something. What's up? I just realized, um, you know why the Blackhawks are winning so much? Boris Kachuk has been scratched for the last seven games. And that's totally the reason. Boris Kachuk, Boris Kachuk hasn't played since Tampa. Since we played Tampa, he hasn't played in over two weeks or almost two weeks. About damn time, Richardson. Richardson seeing the light for a while. Luke Richardson is seeing the light, and um, all the all the pro tank brigade are uh, not happy. I guess. <laughs> Because wasn't uh, Kachuk or... Uh, he was a tank commander. He was our first... Tank commander of the week? Yeah, because that was that game against St. Louis where he completely sold and threw that pass out in the middle of the ice. He hasn't played in, like... He, he, he hasn't played in so long. It's been a really genuinely long time since Boris Kachuk has played for the Blackhawks, and... I mean... I have no complaints. Does he, it, I have zero complaints. Hey, the, the Hawks could easily send him down to Rockford at this point because oh, no, it's been no, two please, weeks. No, do not. Do not. Do not. Do no not. One's, do not. Uh, no. Do not. Do not. No one's... You can send a player down for a conditioning stint after two weeks of not play. And, and it's been about two weeks. I do not weeks. want him... I do not thing. want here's, him here's on, this, on this Ice Hawks team. Yeah. They could have, send him down for. We're already dealing with that. Without. They could send him down for a conditioning stint. They could do that. I just don't want to see him. Do play. I think they will? Do I think they will? Probably not. I think that the chances are Would he could. Like there could there could be a situation waivers. that he gets placed on waivers. I don't think he would get claimed for the same reasons nobody ever traded for Alex Formanton. Not really going to say anything else on the topic. Yeah. I want to see okay. him on this team. I saw he's already dealing with enough no. crap, and um, we'll get to that later. But I'm not too yeah. happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we head into the third period of this uh, Flyers game, and it was really early. Where 
Blackhawks are able to extend this lead to 3-1. And it comes off the stick of Patrick Kane first, rebound, and then Tyler Johnson scores the rebound goal. And <laughs> I got one thing that I noticed here is that the three goal scorers in this game, you've got Jonathan, Johnson, and Johnson. Yes, but we didn't get Jack Johnson on the score sheet. No, but we that get the would require an actual miracle. I, I mean, we need the triple, we need all, all Johnsons to get a goal at one mm. game. Just please, that would be a miracle if it happened. That would be the best thing ever. That would be absolutely fan The Johnsons. Um, so yeah. Dyer Johnson scores. Um, Philly still continues to try and get their chances. Um, it doesn't really matter, though. Mrazek was a brick wall the entire night. Uh, playing, He played absolutely fantastically. Hey, Mrazek playing against his former team. Uh, maybe a, re- a little bit of a revenge game for himself. Oh, yeah. Because he sucked in Philadelphia, but he was really good against Philadelphia. All right, and then they let... Uh, Philadelphia, they let him go. Uh... And that was like the yeah. back when Morazic was regularly playing well. His time in Philly was kind of an outlier as like the time where he was really struggling. Sure, he's not been that great as of late in his career. The last two seasons have been pretty poor, but that was the only time where he really struggled early in his career. One hundred percent. So about I'm that. sure it was good for him. To win that game. And after a Philip Kurashev empty net goal, the guy deserves as many points as he can get because he's played so well, he deserves every moment to just rack up all those points. The Hawks yep. win their first regular season game in Philadelphia since 1996. It's odd that it happened. None of us were born on this podcast yet with the last time the Hawks won a regular season game in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, that was the first time in Granted, our lives. They got their most important win in Philadelphia in 2010. Oh, yeah. The most, the most iconic goal in hockey history. Sorry, I'm uh, yes. the most notorious and iconic goal in hockey history. Sorry, I'm saying it. Patrick Kane, uh, the the where's Patrick it, Kane's where's the puck? Greatest goal ever. It's better than the Bobby Orr flying in the air. Granted, thank you, Bobby, for beating St. Louis in a cup. Final. Yes, that was great. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, that was that was three generations before us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but still, you have to thank a guy mm-hmm. for beating St. Louis in any championship. Oh, yeah. Um, and with that, the Hawks continue to play well. That is credited as mm-hmm. five wins out of six. And now we head into the St. Louis game. And the pretext for this game was a bit concerning because the first part of note is that. NHL debut. Jackson Stauber. Yes. NHL debut for Jackson Stauber. Uh, guy who started the deer on the depth chart as a as our fourth string goalie in the organization. 
who didn't he start the season with the indie no, this year at no, one point? No, no, no. Wells okay. started the year with the indie. Wells and, oh, yeah. Wells and I flip Wells and Stahlberg. Wells and Weeks started the year with the Indie Fuel. Okay. But um the whole thing there is so Stauber was our fourth string goalie coming into the year. Was our AHL backup who had never played professional hockey before this season. Ever. Did not even play a single preseason game this year in the NHL. Wow. So he gets some time in the AHL this year, and that wasn't actually all that good. Oh, it wasn't really all that good. He was an 896 yeah. save percentage, which isn't great. So you're looking at a guy who you're really only playing because Mraz- you don't want Mrazek going back-to-back nights. It would have been cool if they waited his uh, debut out for the LA Kings the next night, just because um, that's the team his dad made his NHL debut for. I actually have no clue Jackson Starver's dad played in the NHL. Yes, his dad played goalie for the LA Kings. Oh, okay. Alright, I'll need to look that up later, because that's interesting. But... Okay, so Jackson Stauber gets the start, and right away, it's just action, action, action. I wouldn't say that that any of them were truly amazing chances, but I would say... There were a couple of I would say there was was a couple of really good opportunities that Stauber had to be attentive for, and he was. Mm -hmm. Yes. Stauber looked strong in net for uh, his... Uh, having to face shots at the early part of the game, I think it built his confidence early on because he seemed lights out after in that first period of play because he was taking quality shots early in the period. It took the Hawks what ten minutes to even get a shot on. Yes, net? it took them ten minutes to get an entire shot on net, and the reason why you know. The fact that they took them 10 minutes to get a single shot on net is because they scored on their first shot oh, of did. the game. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, John did not get no. to see this game, and the primary reason for that is because he was at the Ice Hogs game tonight, which he'll be able to help us out a lot more when it comes to that later. So we will educate We, we will educate I was... uh, John on the gloriousness that was Jackson Starbers NHL debut. <laughs> And I was sitting right behind the glass, five rows up behind the Hawks net where they were shooting twice. So I got to witness those goals that basically you knew Bennington. He Bennington. He Bennington the entire yes. game. And it's, I mean, it, to start, it oh, was yeah. bad. So the first goal was scored by Jason Dickinson. And this thing was absolutely this fantastic. Is... And remember what I was saying earlier about cross-crease slot shots? Yes. Cross-crease slot shots. It's Tyler's favorite thing. Inject into my veins. <laughs> this, the assists from this uh, Dickinson goal were from Steph Jones and uh, Sam Lafferty, who both played strong performances 
in their respective oh, yeah, games no. tonight. Lafferty and Dickinson were both good tonight. It seems like the only times those two can score is if the other one's assisting them. Yeah, that's true. Which, of course, yes. We will see. We'll see once again. They're on again. the same line uh, forever. They are on the same line. However, the next goal scoring chance for the Blackhawks comes shorthanded. So shorthanded. Let's go to a power play. Hawks have to kill off a penalty. Uh, Dickinson is in his own zone. He throws a puck up the ice to a streaking Lafferty who gets behind the defense, goes away for a shorthanded breakaway, and he scores five-hole on Jordan Bennington. And that right there is not only the Blackhawks' second goal of the game, it's also their second shot of the game. <laughs> second shot. <laughs> oh, my God. That was that was 13 minutes into the, sec- into the first So we period. scored on our first and second shots of the game. That's incredible. Yes. And I honestly thought there was a genuine chance that Bennington got pulled right then and there. I honestly was kind of surprised that he didn't pull Bennington and go to Thomas Grice after uh, that Lafferty shorty because you could tell Bennington is rattled. He's letting in soft goals for himself. Granted, he's a soft player. He's a hothead. And six by six. Oh. <laughs> um. Yes. When you employ Seth Jones and you still laugh at Bennington 6x6. (laughs) I was just laughing because the clown of Bennington was terrible tonight, and I... You could tell it was going to be a good game when you knew Bennington was terrible, as he should be. We end the first period, and the shot totals were (laughs) 11-3... In favor of the Blues. And we were winning 2 nothing. Hey, we were winning 2 nothing, But I get it. We were terrible in that first period of play. Like we were pretty much throughout the game. But we were getting goals and we were able to chase. Uh, basically rattle Jordan Bennington. Which is always nice to see. That was very fun. That's always fun. Um, And the third goal... Uh, continues to be Blackhawks goals. Yes. It just keeps it just keeps on going. Uh, this one is um apparently uh greatest of all time, Reese Johnson, scoring off a fantastic pass, fantastic pass by Colin Blackwell out in front of the net. Blackwell is behind the net, passes it in front to Reese, who just tips it in uh back post of uh Jordan Bennington and um. Yeah, I mean, this one was worse defense than the previous ones, but, you know, like Bennington's got to do something. This goal, I would say, was more the fact that uh, Reese Johnson beat a much larger and heavier player in uh, Callie Rosen to the crease area to get the puck redirected past Bennington, which... it's hard to say this, but it's true. Rosen is a player that's very shut down and hard to uh, get around. And the fact that Reese was able to get on the board beating uh, Rosen was pretty nice to see. It's very similar to um, when when the Hawks played Tampa. 
and Patrick Maroon had that goal that he scored where he basically yeah. bullied Isaac Phillips. Yes. And then he got a tip in at the back uh, at the at the opposite post. Yep. It was a very similar goal. Um but you know, the Blues start to kind of think that they could get back in this game. Um Cairo scores good uh good wrister top shelf off the power play. But then Hawks answered right immediately. back at it. Right back at him. Uh, that goal that Kairou scored was really quick after the Blackhawks scored. It was it was less than a minute after. But then about a minute after that is the Blackhawks' fourth goal game. The and chaser. This one, this one comes from the one and only guy who actually, like, you know, put a puck where he wanted it to on a shot for the first time ever. Andreas Athanasiu. Yeah. It, it was a laser. It was. That thing was a rocket top left corner bar down and in. And after that, that is four goals on seven shots for Jordan Bennington. And that's a chase. And there you have, go. When he had seven Rittons, shots Bennington. in the middle of the, at the start of the second period. Yes, we only had seven that's shots. That's incredible. Start um, Jordan Bennington, had, Jordan Bennington had less saves than goals he allowed. You know what that kind of reminds me of? The game against Seattle. Peter Mrazek, yeah, yeah. No, I was about to say, like, obviously, we did just last week have a game where Peter Mrazek allowed four goals on five shots. So, maybe we shouldn't be talking, but still, uh, Screw Bennington. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Nah, this is St. Louis. We don't, we, we, we don't care about St. Louis here. Yeah, it, it's it's always nice to just say screw the blues. Oh yeah, um, blues. the blues start to try and think they start to try and think they're going to get back into this game. Um, Barbashev scores, uh, and then you know later in the game, uh, he gets in a fight with Isaac Phillips, which was uh, fun. Uh, it was not a good fight for Phillips. <laughs> No, but I like the initiative from him. I like the fact that he's willing yeah. to drop the gloves, but um like good for you for doing that, but please don't ever do that again. Yeah. Give him like a participation ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I mean I honestly think that it's good that he was that he was willing to do that. I was really happy that we saw that. Um well, Barbashev scores. Um, after that, um, Nick Letty you mean Blackhawks scores, legend. Uh, his Nick first Letty. of the season. Blackhawks legend Nick Letty. The only thing that made the Cam Barker draft pick not terrible, Nick Letty. Yeah, oh, I saw Cam Barker jersey. Trading, trading Cam, trading Cam Barker from. I saw Letty Cam Barker jersey one time ever. I saw a game. It was beautiful. Yeah, because he spent most of his time there. It was a black. It was a like the. It was a Winter Classic jersey, the black Winter Classic jersey. Ah, Winter Classic jersey. Okay. All right. Well, Nicoletti scores, um, and now it's four three, and then we're about halfway through the third period. And I'm thinking, okay, the Hawks have been getting outplayed the entire night. And they kind of keep getting outplayed, and it really doesn't change. They're really not giving Stauber any chances to breathe. Yeah. And they're really not challenging Thomas Grice at all. 
Eventually, they finally break through. They score their fifth. Max Domi scores. As we said before, leading scorer of the Chicago Blackhawks, Max Domi. It was a nice tic-tac goal situation, how the passing worked out to Domi. He tried to feed the puck, but then it went right back to Domi's stick, and then he decided to actually shoot the puck. When you have a good shot, you shoot the puck. And Domi finally did what he should do. Use your shot, Domi. It worked. Yes. Actually use your shot. Yeah. Imagine how many more goals the Hawks could have this year if they just shot in opportune positions. Of course, obviously it's easier to say that than actually do it, but, you know. Domi probably would have 22 goals right now if he used his shot more. Yeah, it's 14. 14. 14. He's 14. I think that there's definitely eight more goal opportunities in there for him to have figured out. I don't think that's crazy. It's just that... But I do also think that he's using his shot yeah, a lot seems more like he's now than he did, like, the first two months. The first two months of the season were not great in that aspect, but it seems like it's getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, He also does have a knack for scoring goals in overtime, which is fun. Yeah, he does. Um, so, and with that, that's a 5-3 game, and the Hawks win. The St. Louis Blues try and uh, pull goalie, doesn't work, and the Blackhawks win, and Jackson Stauber gets his first NHL victory. And, um, that's just fantastic. I will say that I didn't really I was rooting for him but I personally didn't come into this game thinking that he was going to beat the blues I going when I I bought my tickets maybe 4 hours before puck drop and I was like when I saw Stalberg is the starter I was like ooh we're going to see an NHL debut and I said Actually, that's a good thing for the Hawks because the Blues are terrible when they're facing a goalie that's never played in the NHL. I was like, Stahlberg's going to get an NHL win tonight. He's going to win tonight because I know St. Louis and they are terrible. They have the history of sucking when they're facing a rookie goalie with no NHL experience at all. And I was like, okay, we'll see a win right now. Yeah. It's starting to feel like there was a certain point where you're like, they're just not going to, he's just, they're, he is not going to allow them to score tonight. It was he's looking just, like They're that. just not going to get past him. And they got past him a couple times, but he still got the win. And he didn't get and, past them as much as, you know, they, they didn't get past him anywhere near as much as they got past uh, Jordan Bennington slash Thomas no. Grace, primarily Jordan Bennington. Strawberg was really good in his debut, and you have to give all credit to the kid. And we're going to move into our players of the week for this week. Don't have any tank commanders to talk about because there were, um, count that, zero losses entirely. So let's start with Nick. Who is your player of the week for the Blackhawks this week? I would like to go with number four, Steph Jones, the all-star for the Hawks. He had a hell of a performance against, uh, by getting the Hawks' leading point 
in this week's of play with uh, the play against Buffalo having two goals and an assist, uh, assist against Philly, and an assist against St. Louis. So it has to be Steph Jones. All right, Seth, for you. John, who have you got for your player of the week? Jackson Stauber, former Ice Hogs legend. Well, he might be, he, he probably will be back down. He'll but, be back. Yeah. Um, He got, what was his, so he saved 29 out of 32 today. And by all accounts, he was pretty good today. So I'll go Jackson Stauber. And uh, yeah, he's been playing well with the Ice Hogs too. So I'll pick yeah. him. Yeah. Playing much better. Good NHL debut. Not going to talk about an NHL debut, but I will talk about a goalie because Peter Morazic had a fantastic week, saving 37 of 38 against the Flyers, and then he only allowed three goals against Buffalo, and in that game, he faced, um, what was it again? He faced 33 shots, 30, 30 saves on 33 shots, both games above a 900 save percentage, that one game against Philly was absolutely fantastic. And the Hawks won both of those games. And we'll see what happens tomorrow against L.A. However, he had two really good games. Seth Jones played well. Stauber had a great game. There were some other really good performers across the entire week. But for me, the answer is Peter Morazic. Two wins in a week like this against one... I know there wasn't the biggest competition, but, you know, it was still good performance for him, so I'm going to go with Peter Morazic as my Blackhawks player of the week. And with that, that's going to wrap up our Blackhawks recap section of this podcast. We're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, John's going to be able to help us out a ton when it comes to what happened with the Ice Hogs this week. And I see he's not very happy about it, but we're still going to have to talk about it anyways. Sorry about that. We'll see you all in a bit. All right, we are back, and let's get into this Rockford report, so let's get sad. Let's get real sad, because this was terrible. um, this was not a very good week. Um, It is worth mentioning that this is the week where Arvin Soderblom is back from his injury. Uh, Did that help, John? No, no, it did not. Yeah, what the heck happened? Let's start with the game against, this was Wednesday, against the Griffins, all three of the games the Ice Hogs played this week were at home. This first game mm. was against the Griffins. Um, Mitchell Weeks, actually, the starter, appears to have been Dylan Wells. It's can explained. I talk? <laughs> Do you go want ahead. Me to talk? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just go. Just go. Okay. First and foremost, I want to know who stole the Ice Hogs because these are not the actual Ice Hogs. These are clones, and they're the not Black playing well. Blackhawks did. Okay, so we'll say the Blackhawks stole the Ice Hawks. Okay, so Dylan Wells gives up his gives up three goals on the first six shots. Not good. Oh, that is that's Bennington level. Potentially, that's Bennington level. All right, so then Wells is pulled after the third goal, and that was in three minutes and forty forty seven seconds played in the first. By the way. He only played three minutes and 50 <laughs> seconds in the first. Your starting goalie played less than four minutes. Yes. That was bad. That's bad. Weeks comes in, right? So we think everything is going to be better, right? Nope. He gives up the first goal on his first shot face. No, that's fun. Yeah, that's... Uh, so we're down 4 nothing in the first period. That's a stalemate moment, yeah. So, so after, after, though, after the first goal... After the first shot, 
Weeks was fine. This was not a Weeks problem. I wouldn't even say like that Dylan Wells even played that bad. Like I think tools were probably the defense's fault. And then one goal was probably his fault. Um, he still had three um, goals on six shots. Like, Yeah, it's not good, but, you know, not Dylan Wells. It's not all on Dylan Wells is what mm. I'm trying to say. So then uh, Lucas Crevier was a minus two, um, and I don't think he played that well. He played Sad. meh. He played meh. Yeah. Um, Sad. Hogs 0 for 4 on the power play, but we're perfect on the PK. That's the only thing good we did tonight. 0 for 3, or no, we we stopped all three power play chances for the for the Griffins, so that's the only good thing we did all game. Um, yeah, because you allowed all your goals early, and you know power plays usually don't happen until like the the seventh minute and something. Yeah. Well, we did allow an empty netter, but I don't really count empty netters. They're kind of they're it's a half goal. Um, Ice Hogs outplayed in the first, but because obviously we got we got four goals scored on us. But for the rest of the game, we. We controlled play, just couldn't buy a goal. So I blame offense because offense was not good. Yeah. Um. The uh, so the Griffins' first goal, like I was alluding to earlier, Wells has to just save it because I think the guy was at the top of the circle at the top of the circle and he just shot it, and there was no screen in front or anything. It was off the rush. Wells just has to save it simply. Um. The second goal was a uh so the second goal was the defense just has to make sure wells is not screened and they didn't do a good job of making sure that didn't happen because there was a great screen in front by one of the griffin players so defense be better please the third goal was also on the defense they caused an on-man rush and those aren't fun for a goalie no, those who never because you have no chance. And then the, the Griffins' fourth goal, which was on weeks, similar to the Wells, Wells' first goal allowed. He just has to save it. He was at the top of the left circle. No, yeah, left circle, and it was just a shot off the rush. Weeks has to save it. Yeah. Um, Slavin with a rocket. Slavin with a rocket. Um, and they. The Hawks get on the board. The Hogs get on the board. Yeah. Um, Cini makes a great pass to Luke Phil. Oh, I, I do want to mention that by the time that the uh, Griffins had scored their third goal, the Ice Hogs still had zero shots. Which is like so good. Which like good. you just tell that you know it's not. I would say that you know you're you're getting aggressively outplayed in the entire game. You've already had to pull your goalie. You've had to make a goalie change before you get your first shot. Like, come on. You gotta step it up. And they really didn't. They kept on getting outshot the rest of the game. It didn't really change. I would say that we did outplay them for the rest yeah. of the game. Just that first, first period, period was a nightmare. Yeah. It seemed like it seemed like the Griffins went into like the turtle mode. Yeah. They just wanted to keep the mm-hmm. lead. Which they did. So I I I do I do like I or I do not no. Okay. I did like our play in the second and third periods, but I did obviously the second first period was terrible. 
Um, Cindy makes a great pass to Philip. He gets a quality shot on net. That le- the goalie leaves a big rebound for Gust, and Gust and, just yeah, taps it. David in. Gust has been unreal so, as of late, and there's a reason. I think that was his ninth. Yeah, David Gust has been unreal so far, and there's a reason. There's a very obvious reason as to why this guy, AHL All Star, he deserves it. One of three. Yeah. One of three. Lucas Reichel. Sini yeah. and Gust. Isaac Phillips should be an all-star because Isaac Phillips should be in the AHL, but that's not that's not really over here. Hey, Phillips is he's playing. playing he's playing NHL. very well, but I just I I, I just point, hope right? it I, I just hope it doesn't tonight, run, right? I hope it doesn't run out. I don't know if it is right. I, I don't see it with Phillips in the NHL. I've seen him play twice in person now this season in the NHL, and it seems like he has that confidence to stay in the NHL long-term. All right, well, that's, that's helpful. All right, so this is the, this is the nightmare game right, right here, boys. This is the one against... Uh, Hogs versus yeah. Thunderbirds. Two to seven. Two to yeah, seven. And, of course, right, this one's game. not fun because, of course, this is St. Louis's AHL team. Yay! So... Another game where against a team with a at or below five hundred, in which the Hawks do play down to their competition. I I will get the stats next week of our of our record against teams with below five hundred records because it's got to be terrible. It's not good. I just don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, Soderblom's first game as a as a hog since December 28th where he got injured early in the first. So this is that's so that's fun. I was on the bench for warm-ups. Yeah, I was on our bench for warm-ups because we had bench buddies, which is a bunch of kids sit on the bench for warm-ups. So I saw that Soderblom was back and I was excited because I thought maybe we had a chance. I was wrong. Um Hogs 0 for 7 on the power play. Uh- Oh, for seven. It's seven power plays in that game? That is bad. It's seven. seven. Oh, goodness gracious. Seven. Didn't score on a single one. And if you want the numbers, at that time, we were one and 23 on the power play in our last six games. Oh, my heavens. That's bad. Um, the Thunderbirds were three for six. So the PK wasn't even that good either. Right, they were allowing goals on the penalty kill as well. Yeah, that sounds like the Blackhawks, not the Icehawks. So, the Hogs had 43 shots, but Vadim Zhranko stood tall, 41 for 43. So he played well. At least someone played well. (laughs) Not on our team, not on our team. Uh, Gust and Philp with a good effort to cut the deficit to two to one. So it was like a mini. No, it wasn't even like a mini break away. So Gust was fighting for the puck. He taps it on net, and it, it, he actually gets like a pretty good. Like the the shot was pretty was pretty good actually with one hand, and then it creates a rebound, and then Philp just just comes in and gets the rebound and puts it in the net. So we get two to one, yeah. and I was really okay. happy. I was like, "All right, here we go. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna win this game potentially." Um, and then Hardman with a great screen in front of the net, Sini uh, shot it at like, no, that was Gus. Sorry, Gus shot it at like 
just before. Yeah, well, oh, the well, half yeah, I saw that goal. It was a really he, weird angle. Somehow gets just in. Like, happened to go in the net. Yeah. Yeah, it just somehow got in. Yes. Oh yeah. It somehow. Got I, in. I will mention because I didn't um, see his goal. Um, really good call by the new guy, uh, Mike Fulta. Yeah, it was a, re- it was okay, a really good that. call. That was a, it was like, a good call. The whole thing is like, uh, welcome to geometry class or something like that. <laughs> um. So that cut the hmm. deficit to one for the Hogs. So it was probably three to one. Three to two. Or three to two. Sorry, three to two. Um. Former Rockford Ice Hog and Chicago Blackhawk legend Matthew Highmore with two points, a goal, and assist. <laughs> Um, Hogs at this time at at this point uh, in the week we're on a th- are on, we're on a three game losing streak and six straight games with two goals or less. That is that not a winning recipe because you want probably at least three goals in regulation, two goals or less on a consistent basis. Not good. Blackhawk levels. Yeah, Definitely no, this seems. Like I mean, Blackhawks. I mean, yep. this seems like a complete reverse of fortunes in like every single capacity. Blackhawks are scoring goals. The Ice Hogs are not. Blackhawks are winning games. Ice Hogs are not. Blackhawks are getting goaltending. The Ice Hogs are not. It's just, it's everything. Everything's different. We know how the Hawks are playing, and we know it's not sustainable. The Ice Hogs are just on a schneid. Um, Alex Vlasic, who is playing his first few games from injury, was a minus two as well. I thought he played a decent game, though. All right, so here's the fun part. Breaking down the goals in the simplest fashion I could. Goals two, five, and seven were Soderboom's fault. Completely on Soderboom. That's that's way too many goals to blame on a goalie. If you have one goal... Out of seven, you can say, okay, that's the goalie's fault. Then, like, okay, you can let it past him. If you're putting three on him... I'm putting three on uh, him. Did the Blackhawks destroy Soderbloom when okay. he played okay. it originally? I'm going to stop you there, Nick. I'm going to stop you there, Nick. It's only one game. It's only one game. I get it. I get it. But he was starting to terrible in his last few games in the Blackhawks, and they sent him down, got lit up in his first appearance down in Rockford, back down in Rockford, and then he got injured. Now he's back. Did the Hawks just I think that we'll be able to answer that question more fully in three months. Give us three months... Let's see what we're. Let's see where we are around when as we're approaching AHL playoff time. And I can give you a definitive answer that if the Ice Hogs are not in a playoff spot, the answer will be yes. All right. So goals one, four, and six were not on Soderman. Completely on defense. Maybe you can put blame on some blame on Soderman, but okay. most of the blame's on the defense. In my opinion. And then goal number three was equally Soda Boom mm-hmm. and the defense's fault. Alright, this game against the Wolves was also terrible. Yeah, um... It wasn't anywhere, though, for... Yeah, uh, so, as we've seen before, first game, Griffins losing 5-2. to two. Second game, Thunderbirds losing 7-2. to two. 
Ah, so we're losing by multiple goals and we're only scoring two. What happens this time? The exact same thing. The yes. same thing. Um, so, it was not terrible, for, though, for a lot of people because it was Autism Awareness Night tonight at the BMO. And we had our cool little, uh, it was like the puzzle piece goal, uh, puzzle piece uh, jerseys on and had a hot. Yeah, it was a really cool jersey. I thought the jerseys were really cool um, because so the, the, the puzzle pieces, they kind of went, uh, they kind of were like the shoulder pads and then they went down. Across the, the shoulders, sleeves. yes. It was, it was a really yeah, nice yeah. look. Um, if you didn't get it, then I can understand why you'd think they were bad jerseys. But once you understand the reasoning behind it, there's really nothing to say. It's obviously fantastic, and it's a really good cause. Yeah, I have the one from a couple of years ago where it was like the Lego theme mm-hmm. jersey for Autism Awareness for yeah, the Dogs, and I love that jersey. And it was our first sellout to game today, uh, this year. I noticed the Ice Hogs tweeted that. It was oh. our first sellout. It was not a it was not a good sellout though. Cause no. we're falls. <laughs> it doesn't it's sound like fun. it's gonna be fun. Okay. But go ahead. Anyways. Okay, so like I said before, whoever stole the real Ice Hogs can can we please have them back? Two and the six. The answer is Luke no, Richardson. Luke Richardson stole the black. Stole the Ice Hogs. Um seventh straight game. Seventh straight game with two goals or less one and six in that span i feel like i'm talking about the blackhawks i feel like i'm talking about the blackhawks too uh fourth straight game with three more three or more goals given up okay so that's not a winning well, let's cut either. let's cut all this ridiculousness and let's just get this John, what were the worst moments of this game, and then can you give me any good things that happened? First off, um, did any goalies get pulled? We scored okay. a power. No, no goalies. Um, we scored a power play oh, goal. Wells was in that. Was in that again? Scored a power play goal. Yay! Considering the fact that you know we were barely so, any before that. So two for twenty-seven, by the way, over the last seven games. Oof. Um, I'm looking through my notes here, Tyler. I'm not seeing a lot. Um, oh, I don't know if you count this as a as a good thing, but Rockford Ice Hogs slash Chicago Blackhawks legend Brendan Brendan Perlini with two points, goal and assist. Do I look like I'm um, smiling? What else do we got here? <laughs> no, you do not. I don't know if that's the fact that I called him a legend or if the fact that he's he had two um, points. Tonight. I'm gonna go yeah, with the uh, Can we can we um, let's do a quick recap of what Alec Regula did in this game? Considering you mentioned, oh my god, he was a minus three. Yeah, he was a minus three. Yeah, consi- considering considering the fact that we talked about Brendan Perlini, Brett Cini fought Jack Jury and it was even. Do you want to count that as a win, Tyler? I mean, considering the fact that same night Isaac Phillips got pile-driven by uh, Ivan Barbashev, I'll take it. Okay. Um, Adam Condenning with a goal. He he scored mm-hmm. on the that's power cool. play, I believe. Cool. So that's good. He, it was mm-hmm. actually a really good shot. Not even going to lie. 
because I know we we're not the biggest Adam <laughs> Clendenning fans on this mm. podcast, yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. give him his dues. Um, my narratives continue to be right with DJ Buzzdecker. Yes, Buzzdecker. It was a pretty story. good. It was a pretty Donald. good shot. It was a pretty good shot. Yeah, I love Buzzdecker. All right, now let's get to the bad. <laughs> okay. Um. So here's just another stat, like a like a statistic for you, Tyler. The Hawks have surrendered the first goal in nine of the last eleven games. In the fr- oh, that all, is fun. all in the first period. By the way, all in the first period. Oh. That is Blackhawk level no, bad. No, um, that's bad. That's really bad. Um, you, I mean, you gotta hey. get good starts, and I don't know what's going on with the Ice Hogs right now, and what exactly is the reason why they're cha- why there's why they're so. I mean, uh, Lucas Reichel's down so there right now. Like but Lucas Reichel won there? three. But Lucas Reichel won three games with the Blackhawks. I don't I don't know what the problem is, Tyler. I really can't tell you. We're just not playing well. All right, That's so we're crazy. Gonna, so we're going to do the same thing hey. that we did with uh, Soderboom and just break down these goals as simply as possible. Goals two, three, four, and five were not Soderboom's fault. They were not okay. on Dylan Wells. They were all... Right so they were all like odd men rushes. Ah, uh, Okay. All of them were odd men rushes. Uh, that is not. That's not a good thing, though. Um, no, it's not. You're getting. I mean, they got four odd man rushes. At least that all turned into goals. Yeah. That's not actually no, on the goal. That's a really difficult position to be in. Okay. Um, I know there was one breakaway goal. I don't know if I count that as both, both the defense's fault and Wells's fault, or just. Not Wells' fault, I forget, but goal one. It's mainly goal one was not because uh, goalies. Goal, goal one was Wells' Wells's and the defense's fault. I'm trying to remember which goal that was. Oh, that was the goal that they sniped it on him. He probably could have saved it, but the defense should have probably had better coverage as well. And then, all right, so goal six, Tyler, you will love this. Goal six. So the the Chicago Wolves. Dump it in to complete a change, right? Just, just your basic, oh, basic dumping, right? Like, I don't like where this is going. I don't like where this is going. It hits off the ref's skate, bounces in front of the net, and there's a wolf sitting right there that just got on the ice, and he taps it in. And Wells is like scrambling to get back in front of the net. What? Are you, are you, are you, I, 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 I just watched it. I, Interesting. Oh my god. It literally went off the ref. It hit the ref in like the leg slash foot area. It was not fun because I have that it right is, in front of me. That's awful. Interesting. Um, and obviously it's not really like the kind of awful that like you could even control. No, it's not the awful. So I just I just put it under bad luck. It was simply bad yeah, luck. That's just bad. That's bad. That's luck. bad but luck. It seems that the defense really let Wells down tonight, which is not good considering how much NHL uh, experience is on that blue line. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, but the um, offense is not doing anything either. No, the offense isn't doing well at all either. Um, like I said earlier, um, 
seventh straight game with two goals or less. Can you point to anyone who you could give a player of the week to? I mean, since we're playing terribly and we haven't scored a lot of goals, so that means barely any points. I'll just give it to Luke Philp. He's got three points. Uh, one goal, two assists. Um, I like Philp. I thought I think he's been playing well. He got injured middle of the season this this year. But other than that, he's been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing about Philp, um, I noticed on the lineup card today that Reichel was actually listed as the two C, and Philp was listed as the one C playing with oh. Timmy and Gust. Oh, he, uh, uh, Reichel was not playing center. He was playing left wing. Who was, was playing, playing center on that line? Uh, I believe Cole Gutman. Gutman was the center. Okay, because the lineup card had uh, Reichel listed as the center, but. Gutman was playing the center spot. Yeah, so and the, and the only reason I know that is because they did a face-off right in front of me, and I I saw Reichel, and I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I should see if he's taking the face-off, and he wasn't. Okay, so... He was on the left wing. Let's all confirm this now, so we can say this moving forward. Lucas Reichel is he's currently not playing center for the Rockford Ice Hawks. Davidson. Okay. Davidson. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I know I've said this like probably two, two in, in both of the last games because this is true, but yet another opponent where they are very beatable and we play down to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very like the Wolves are terrible this year mm-hmm. and we allowed them to score six goals. Mm-hmm. Not fun. And the Thunderbirds, seven, and the Griffins, five. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, I don't really have anything positive to say about this week. And with that, let's uh, move on from the Ice Hogs because you know this is a happy show. And I know that I know that you're like, how can this be a happy show? You decided to start a podcast with the Chicago Blackhawks in the year of our Lord 2022. <laughs> um, shut up. But let's move into our preview of the next week to come. Um, tomorrow night, which is actually before this podcast will go out, the Kings will be coming into Chicago, so the Hawks will be playing the Kings. Um, we already made our predictions on the last episode of the podcast for this one, but, uh, then we head on a three-game road trip just before the All-Star break, and it's an all-Canadian Western Conference road trip. First, we head to the biggest, uh... Biggest toxic wasteland in the entire NHL, the Vancouver Canucks. Ooh. Ooh. Bruce Bourgeois was crying today. Unbelievable. Then after that, we head two days later to the most uh, awful human coaching a hockey team in the Calgary Flames. What did what did he do to you? Yeah. Did you see what Daryl Sutter said about Jacob Peltier today? No, I did not. So basically, they called it Jacob Peltier like a week ago. He finally got into his first initial game like today. And then he basically like forgot about him and pretended like he uh, either pretended or genuinely acted like he didn't even know that he played tonight. He put him on like the fourth line, barely played him at all and treated him like he didn't exist. And then he said, Jacob Peltier, what's his number in a press conference? Talking about one of the what? One of the top prospects in the organization. Yeah, so he's supposed to be kind of good. That's not good. 
it's it's bad. Like this guy, I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be a prospect. I don't know if I would call him the worst human ever, though. I wouldn't want to be a prospect in that organization. I would. Sutter is a is a bit of an oldie, though. No. Um. And with that, then on Saturday, last game before the All Star break, uh, the Hawks will head to Edmonton, take on the Oilers. That'll be Saturday night, 9 p.m. Could potentially change our podcast schedule because that'll be a late game on a Saturday night. We usually record these on Saturday nights. But I'm going to head this over to John first. John, we have Vancouver, we have Calgary, we have Edmonton. They're all late road games. What have you got for the score lines in these games? They're a toxic wasteland. It seems like Blackhawks kind of lose these kind of games that they should probably win. They're going to lose, I would say, 3-2 to two in overtime. For the Calgary game, since we have you who doesn't like their coach, I'm going to say we're gonna, they're gonna, we're, we are going to win. Um, I'll say 4-2. to two. And then Edmonton. Um, they have a, their team is much, much better than us, so, but we are scoring a lot of goals right now, so I'll say, I'll say seven to six. Seven to six? No, it's Edmonton. Well, I mean, last game was six to five, I think, and I was yeah, there. Yeah, it was. Um, you we said no pro- overtime. Y- y- yeah, Who wins? no overtime. Oh, um, I'll say we win because they won the last one. All right, so you got two wins and a loss. I try, I'll, try, I'll try to be more happy in this in this segment. All right, and then my next question, because we're probably not going to record. Um, we might record another podcast before the All-Star break, so I want to ask you this question. What, what contest do you think in the skills competition will Seth Jones participate in? Um... How about he, he He would probably do the uh, hardest shot. He seems like he has a pretty good shot. Okay. All right. I, I would say the hardest shot. All right. Uh, Nick, uh, we've got uh, games against Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. What do you got? Okay, so we're going to start off with the... Um, you know what? I'm going to start off with the Edmonton Oiler game and then go to the Pudwax of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Um, for the Oiler game, I will say this. Um, Oilers will beat the Hawks, and it's going to be a 4-2 game Edmonton. The Flames game, since we just beat the Flames not, not that long ago, I think this could lead to revenge by the Flames, and the Flames beat the Hawks. and. A score of three to one. I think the scoring is actually going to go down with the Hawks. And then we play again and for the first game of the week against Vancouver. And that dumpster fire of a front office with a uh, if it's Rick Tockett coaching because it's rumored he's going to be the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. 
Vancouver wins in overtime. 3-2. If it's still Bruce Boudreaux, reverse it for the Hawks. I, Bruce Boudreaux deserves better than the way he's going out of Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Because that oh, yeah. front office is a complete and utter joke. Oh, yeah. They're a mess. Crying during the game, like when they were all yeah. cheering for him. Like the fans yeah. were cheering for him. That's sad. He was also crying during a... He got emotional during a breast conference. That's crazy. Um, the weird thing about that, I would just say, is that, you know... How do you... How do you downgrade after firing Jim Benning? I don't know. I really don't know. The, the way the, that front... This is the issue. They have the Akalanes, who's been under investigation a couple of times this year. They have their front office, who's been under investigation this year. Multiple times, especially with the fact that their medical staff is apparently uh, inept and doesn't know what they're doing. The Canucks are a complete an utter dumpster fire to the NHL. And we root for the Blackhawks. Yay. Alright, yeah. and the final thing. What contests in the skills competition do you think Seth Jones will be participating in? I would say the hardest shot, but I would not be surprised if they throw him up on the accurate shot competition. Okay. Um, Alright, and then for me, uh, I think that the first game against Vancouver... Um, I think that they will win this game. I think it'll be something like a 4-2 win. Something along those lines. Um, against Calgary, um, I think that their fortunes change in this one. I think this is going to be like a 4-1 loss, maybe even like a 5-1 loss. And then against Edmonton, um... I think the final score could be something like 6-3. to three. Edmonton victory. So, I'll give them a win against Vancouver, but I think that they end on a bit of a low note in terms of their last couple games this road trip. And then, on the... Uh, when it comes to the uh, skills competition for Seth Jones, uh, I'm just going to say that I think he's going to be one of those guys who passes to the one-timer people. <laughs> Oh god! I mean, those they do. Those are oh NHL god. players. Like the there are NHL all stars who yeah. do who they, yeah. they do yes. pass for the one timers. But I think that that like that or like the saucer pass guys. I think he could do that as well. I there are two new competitions mm-hmm. though in the skills competition that take place on the beach. We could even see. Jones go on the beach and do one of the competitions. They're on the beach, the beach ones. Yes. Where are they? I can't remember exactly, but I know one competition is where they're shooting uh pus into alligator mouths. Like not real alligators. That's why I heard is a contest. So like the shooting could be for like the shooting star competition they had in the St. Louis one where Kane won it because 
screw the blues. Oh yeah, the <laughs> but, uh, stars thing. That was always fun. I always thought that was cool. I wonder if they need to bring that. But one I back. think they, it, I think they do it better. One. I didn't think the way they did it was great. I think that they there's there's a better application. Yeah. That was the first time they ever done it, and it was the last time they ever done it. I think they could easily remember bring it back. They, in remember the when they completely yeah. ruined the accurate shot contest for a year? Oh my god! No, we're oh never my doing that god. again. No, we're never doing that. That TV, the TV screen goal that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Oh, it was bad. That was, that was funny. terrible. Uh, the NHL. Uh, how, do, how does the NHL always innovate in the worst ways and never in the right ways? Blowing pot. You know that. You know that. Uh, that little mini net that you sauce it into. Mm-hmm. They the should do that on the beach. Net. They should do that on the beach. I don't know how it would. I don't know. That thing. That thing. I really slide. don't. Know. Yeah, but they have the little, the little slidey uh, whiteboards on them. Then what's the point of putting it on the beach? <laughs> and with that, that is going to be the end of this episode of the Hockey Puckcast. Tune in next week where we are going to discuss everything involving this last week before the All-Star break of Blackhawks updates. Hopefully while I'm back, we'll be able to discuss more prospect stuff. We will have a full week off after that, which... I guess would probably be the perfect time for Wally and I to uh, unveil our prospect pyramids if we can for that week's episode. But along with that, that's going to be the end. So thank you as always for joining me, Nick. Winning hockey is fun, but uh, the tank has kind of derailed right now. Tank has been kind of derailed, but at the same time, there's still a lot more games to come, there's still a lot more trades to come. I think we're gonna be fine. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be fine. And thank you as always for joining us, John. Um, play better Ice Hawks, please. Blackhawks, you're fine. Just, yeah. just play better Ice Hawks. My name is Tyler, this has been the Hockey Podcast, and we will see y'all next time. Take care. Music for this podcast was Cool Rock by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find out more at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by B-Y forward slash 4.0.